So, um, the, the video game press is after me. Um, they're after me, sort of. Lots of people are talking shit on Twitter. Um, none of them, or very few of them, are tagging me, which to me is sort of like when a bunch of kids at a high school uh, whisper behind your back and spread lies and smears um, because they are too chicken shit to say it to your face. Uh, now, even when someone's tagging you on Twitter, that's not really to your face either. I still get the impression that a lot of these people would never actually say any of this shit to my face. It's, it's probably smart. Um, but anyways, I made a whole video about uh, the, the gamer.com yesterday, uh, with, which was, was dealing with, with an article that I wrote at Diabolical, my newsletter. Um, subscribe. Uh, and an article that was published at The Gamer about uh, the Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts 2 press event. Um, so I'll go over that briefly and then I'll sort of seg into the next bit, which has to do with um, Dying Light 2 writer Chris Avalon, who's, you know, was one of the founders of Obsidian Entertainment. Uh, one of the biggest known, you know, best known video game writers in the industry and that whole thing. So we'll talk about a lot of stuff here, but I'll start with the gamer because just kind of, it's kind of interesting how this all sort of flows together. Um, so thegamer.com published an article about Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts 2, where the author, Eric Schweitzer, goes to this press event. He goes in blind, doesn't know what he's getting into, and it turns out to be this military tactical training thing where they are shooting at um, enemy combatants who happen to be Arabic. Well, they're, he, doesn't, he says they're probably not actually Arabs, but they're, they're dressed up to look that way. So he frames this whole thing as racist. This is racist against Arabs. Uh, I write about and I say this, you know, the problem with this is the nature of press events. Press events are uh, kind of a mistake in general. The press probably shouldn't go to anything this outlandish. And of course, the publisher or the developer that's running the event should definitely inform people what they're getting into prior to going to something like this. If you're not just playing the game and listening to a talk and watching some PowerPoint or whatever, you should be informed if you're going to have to, you know, carry a weapon, drive a car or do anything like that. Um, this apparently is a very controversial take because I say it's not about race. Games, whether in real life games like this, this was a game, it was a simulation, it was a game, or video games, they don't cause or promote real racism. Um, you know, obviously, they theoretically they can. If this if this had been about hunting down, you know, Arabs in the streets of America. That would be racist and very scandalous. But this was about enemy combatants. And in the article, he even says they never mention, you know, their nationality or their religion. They're not called Muslims, whatever. I've seen people write about this article claiming that that was said. But the article itself goes out of its way to say this was never the case. Um, when I was when when I was dogpiled over this article, um, the author of the original article, Eric Schweitzer, um, tried to make fun of me and I asked like, okay, is, was this event that you attended, was that real life? And he, he think, seemed to think it was real life, but I, you know, clearly it is also a game. They're not shooting live rounds. They're not killing real people. It's a game. It's just a real life game, right? Uh, there are many of those. And then I asked also if, you know, if they were portraying the people that they were fighting as, you know, a race, if there was a racial element to it, if they were, you know, 
presented as enemy combatants or if they were presented as like just fellow Americans. Because the context does matter. We have been in a couple conflicts with the Middle East over the last uh, few decades, right? Um, you know, really for far too long, we've been embroiled in Middle Eastern conflicts. And it's been my position the entire time that we should get the hell out of there and stop, you know, bombing different Middle Eastern countries. Uh, but I understand also that realistically, we have been in these conflicts. And along with the Nazis, the Vietnamese, the, you know, the, the British, and a number of other enemies, there are Middle Eastern enemies that we have faced. So in a modern military style training, it is not just racism, it is just history. It is just history in the making, right? Um, but everything these days is framed as an issue of race or gender. Uh, and to the point where I believe that actual racism is going to get just mixed in with all of this other stuff. People are going to start burning out and tuning out because everything is racist. Everyone is racist. Um, there's so much talk of this that normal people just get tired of it. You know, normal people who are appalled by real racism, when you hear a story that is obviously a story of racism, these people are, you know, most people are react very strongly to that. Um, but if you just frame everything, every little thing, including video games as racism, that is not helpful. Um, I've mentioned Jack Thompson and the whole like conservative right-wing attempts to make video games look like like they're uh, <clears throat> going to cause real world, world violence and, and all that. I just feel like now on the left with the sort of rise of the woke movement, we have the same exact thing happening uh, just with sort of different motivations, but the same outcome, which is censorship, which is... Um, making gamers and making games out to be harmful <clears throat> and i just think that that's that's a mistake and that was my whole that was my whole take i mean i i went to great lengths saying that this event sounded very very poorly planned and that the publisher was clearly in the wrong for springing this on people but i mentioned in i think one or two paragraphs in that whole thing just how it's not about racism because these were clearly not this is clearly not just some like kkk exercise this was a military exercise we have fought in the Middle East many times and, you know, just like, you know, just like a video game that takes place in the Middle East isn't inherently racist, unless you're one of those people who finds racism everywhere, uh, neither was this event. So, um, I, the, the editor-in-chief of The Gamer, Kirk McCann, I don't know how to say his last name, Kirk, uh, he posted some screenshots, did his best to remove any context from, from those screenshots and posted them with the word embarrassing on Twitter. And there was a long line of responses from, from Twitter followers and from other blue check marks, other people in the, in the gaming industry who, um, you know, didn't read the article. There was no link to the article. I wasn't tagged in the post. Who just mocked and derided me for what was, what was shown. Um, I have in my Twitter bio, for instance, be excellent to each other. And people made fun of that as though my article was not being, it was an example of me not being excellent to each other. Um, but their behavior on Twitter uh, of just this circle jerk of, of mockery and derision to someone that they don't know, a perfect stranger whose, whose you know, body of work contains more than this screenshot, uh, that's being excellent to each other for sure. Um, so... Uh, Kirk eventually did respond to me when I, when I quote tweeted him and just, you know, pointed out how cowardly and chicken shit he was. And he responded with, um, personal insults like, uh, about my appearance. Um, and, uh, he made a mom joke. 
and made fun of how many likes my articles were getting. And granted, um, you know, to be fair, at Diabolical, which is a very new substack with no SEO, you know, it's just all on my own. Uh, I am not getting a lot of likes and hopefully I can get more subscribers and likes. That would be great. But, uh, you know, and here on YouTube, I've I've kind of let this channel lie dormant for years. So, of course, I'm not getting much traffic here either, but I hope to change that. Um, but, you know, the, the sort of schoolyard insults was really revealing, I thought. Um, <clears throat> so he also called all my followers incels because that's the new word. You know, they used to be able to just get away with calling people gamers like in basement dwellers, neckbeards, whatever. Uh, but now the big smear is incels, because that's the trendy thing. Apparently there are just millions of these incels out there plotting the downfall of America. All right, so then yesterday, Chris Avalon, the you know storied video game writer, comes out with his side of the story of what happened two years ago. Um, or not two years, sorry, a year ago. I'm getting, getting my dates mixed up. Um, a year ago, two different women accused Chris of... Um, sexual misconduct and various things and the gaming press of course leapt on this story and uh, you know lots and lots of different um, publications published these allegations without really digging into the truth or validity of them um, including the gamer which Chris actually mentions this publication specifically calls them out in his in his sort of side of the story blog post um, and because because their headline was uh, pretty egregious and it included that he had, it, it claimed that he was accused of drugging and raping countless women. <laughs> this is the headline from The Gamer, uh, where Kirk is the uh, arbiter of all justice and value and virtue in the world. Um, so, of course, that wasn't even... The countless women drugged and raped was not even in the in original allegations. Um, that's so... That's, so far beyond any sort of reflection of the truth as to be um, libelous, libelous, like scandalous. Um, it's a lie. I mean, it's a lie even given the context of what was said. Uh, we don't know the truth or, 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 you know, we don't know if Chris or his accusers is telling the truth, if, there's some, if they're both telling the truth, they're both lying. We don't know right now what actually happened. We have two sides of the story. Um, we didn't before. We only had the accuser side of the story. Chris, didn't, Chris said a little at the time, but he hasn't said his whole piece until now. And that's because he's been, <laughs> first of all, he hasn't, he didn't know what to do exactly. Like most people in this situation don't. Um, but he's been gathering his own evidence and his own, you know, receipts to take his accusers to court. Um, he is, has filed several libel charges in California courts. And now we get to actually have rather than the court of public opinion, a court of law determined the truth of what happened, right? And maybe he'll either be able to clear his name or we'll find out that he's actually guilty. Um, which brings me to this idea of the presumption of innocence, which I think is a sacred part of just what makes um, our, our sort of enlightened society work. Uh, and we're losing it. And as you can see, I mean, as I've seen now in the responses, I wrote an article at Forbes where I, you know, I, I tell Chris's side of the story more than I tell his accuser's side of the story, and that's because lots of publications already did that. They've already told the other side of the story at great length in multiple outlets. Chris published his side, and nobody covered it. I'm the, as far as I can tell, I'm the only one who covered it. So yes, I spend more time detailing that, but I go to you know, I make it very painfully clear that I don't know what the truth is, and that um, I am just reporting 
what's being said and urging everyone to withhold judgment and let the the court case play out because we should have a presumption of innocence. We should listen to women. We should listen to accusers. We should listen to people who, who are potentially victims. But we should also not just rush to judgment of people who are being accused because what if that happened to you? I mean, isn't that the whole idea? You know, what? that's the whole idea between behind like uh, the, our, our entire justice system. What if you're falsely accused of a crime? What if you're falsely accused of, you know, shooting the clerk? And that's the whole, the whole story of my cousin Vinny is people falsely accused and the defense of those, of those people. I mean, there's, and there's lots of other, I mean, it's the same with, um, to kill a mockingbird, you know, um, and plenty of other stories of, of guilt and innocence and, and, presuming innocence isn't saying, oh yes, this person has to be innocent. It's saying until there is a burden, a burden of proof met, until we have seen the evidence that this happened, we're not going to just decide that this happened. Um, it maybe it did, but we don't know. And we don't know simply because somebody got on Twitter and said something. I mean, people do make shit up. This is the nature of human beings. People are terrible. And as evidence of this i give you games journalism um this morning i wake up to uh you know lee alexander who's famous for for her gamers are dead article that pretty much was the match that lit the tinder of gamergate um she's i guess i blocked her i don't remember but she probably blocked me and then i blocked her back and now now she's like complaining that i blocked her but you know she calls me a simp which is like a 12 year old thing to say um she calls me a right-wing nut job which i mean you can read what i've written in my life and then determine if i'm a right-wing nut job i i just let my work stand for itself um and she directs her followers to come and and harass me basically because she's blocked so i think that's against twitter's terms of service uh just making it very clear i don't want you to go harass lee alexander as like a countermeasure because I don't believe in harassment and I don't believe sending people to dogpile people on Twitter. I, I will, if somebody says something crappy about me, I, I will quote tweet them or uh, respond to them because I do think that's everyone's right to respond. But I don't want anyone to go and harass anyone um, or even engage with them. They're, they're not worth it. Uh, plus, she wrote a really good defense of Grand Theft Auto 4 way back when she was at Kotaku. Um, that defends it against accusations from feminists of sexism. And it's pretty much something I would write now. Like, this is often my position on things, on video games. It's my position on uh, the sniper ghost warriors thing and racism. What happened to her over the years that she decided she'd be the very people she was defending games against at one point? I don't know. There's other people who I've never heard of um, screenshotting, like, my articles at Diabolical and whatnot and... People, um, Kirk again, uh, who says, wow, to my, um, to my B headline, I have an A and B headline for my Chris Avalon post. My B headline uh, is Chris Avalon Strikes Back, which I thought was a, just a, a nice simplistic headline, like the Empire Strikes Back, right? Um, if you think about the context, I, I guess I'm putting Avalon in this, the position of the Empire, which means he's the bad guy, but apparently this is still wrong, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it it describes what happened, which is that he is striking back. He is he is telling his side of the story. He's going to court. Chris Avalon strikes back. That's not even clickbait. That's just accurate. Um, but, you know, of course, Kirk is the guy whose website published a 
deeply misleading headline about Avalon being accused of raping and drugging countless women. So let's let's just think about whose headline is more accurate and whose headline is more pathetic for a second. Um, it's it's interesting. I even saw on Facebook one of my uh, Facebook Facebook friends and industry colleagues had posted this story and lots of people in there were talking about me and how horrible I am. And I guess, you know, I guess if I'm a piece of shit because I say, let's not smear people online, let's not smear people like Hogwarts Legacy, um, uh, Troy Leavitt, who worked on that game and was smeared for his YouTube videos because he had a different opinion than these people, um, let's not... Let's not censor or or try to shut down other video games like Six Days in Fallujah because censorship is wrong and censorship is a form of violence. Um, and we should stand up for the right of our fellow journalists and our fellow game developers to, to speak freely without the threat of being shut down. Um, if that makes me a piece of shit, I'm a piece of shit. Um, if I tell Chris Avalon's side of the story because... We don't know if he's guilty or not. If that makes me a piece of shit, if presuming the innocence of someone rather than just rushing to judgment makes me a piece of shit, okay, I'm a piece of shit. Um, I also, uh, I, I do uh, want to address one final thing in that when when um, Jackie Collins posted a text image of Chris Avalon um, saying some pretty colorful things to her and she posted this as an example of him uh, giving her unwanted attention and being kind of scummy because of it. I did react to that tweet a year ago with, with like shock, like, holy crap, people are shitty. Um, but that was the only thing I really even reacted to or even knew about at the time. I was really staying out of, I mentioned this in my article, I was really staying out of controversial issues as much as possible for my own mental health. Because when you get into this stuff and then everybody comes after you and um, the world is going through a global pandemic and you're stuck at home and uh, you, you could die at any point and your kids aren't in school and Donald Trump is president and he's awful. Sorry, I'm not a Donald Trump fan. Um, you know, you can... your men, My mental state last year was not great. And I think, you know, I was, I was reacting to things like this tweet... Um, very knee-jerk rather than having a sober response. And I think, I think sometimes this happens on Twitter. People get, they get sucked into the Twitter mind frame, which is very knee-jerk, very reactionary, very, um, very fast and not very thoughtful. And, you know, I, I mean, I think that, that tweet with that message did looked bad. And what, and I, what I should have done is think about, well, there's probably more context to this. Instead, I was like, wow, people suck because everyone sucks, man. And it's hard sometimes to have a very optimistic view of humanity. So um, everywhere I look, there's just people being horrible to each other. And social media makes it so much worse that it's very easy to sort of see the worst in, in anyone and at any time. So I regret that. And it, I, w I was wrong um, because I don't know the full context of that story. And so I shouldn't pass judgment. And um, I've deleted that tweet. I don't delete very many tweets, but I, I delete ones that I am not proud of uh, because I don't, not because I don't want to, because obviously I'm okay, like owning up to, to my mistakes, but I don't want that to be my, how I present myself to the world. I stand by most of what I say, but I have definitely, you know, 
I have definitely made mistakes and reacted. And I mean, I'm sorry, but you know, he who has not sinned throw the first stone, right? Um, I th- I think you know, it's, we could also get into like turn the other cheek and some other good le- lessons from Mr. JC. Um, but we won't go there right now. Um, if I start talking about Jesus, I'll probably be labeled as some sort of religious zealot as well as a right wing nut job. <sighs> okay, so lots of people attacking. I don't expect it's going to let up anytime soon, and I'm okay with it. I think it says more about the people making the attacks than it does about me. I wanted to respond to them a little bit because I just I think you do want to respond when you're when you're getting attacked online a little bit at least. Uh, I'll I'll write something about this too with links and everything else, and I will include a link to that in the description of this video. Uh, I really would like more, you know, Kirk is right. I should have more likes and more traffic on this shit. <laughs> you know, I've been doing game reporting and I've been covering things like very controversial subjects, subjects like the Mass Effect 3 movement, may retake movement and Gamergate and all this stuff with Hogwarts Legacy and Six Days in Fallujah. And I would appreciate um, your support. I really would. Because sometimes it does feel a little lonely um, covering these things and being uh, targeted and being talked about like I'm a horrible person for for standing up to what I think is just basic human decency. I mean, it's crazy to me that I'm I'm labeled as a as a right wing nut job by people because I'm literally just standing up for things that I think are universal, like freedom of speech, like innocent until proven guilty. Like treating people with a little bit of respect and not making everything about race and gender when a lot of times it's about class and power. And, um, you know, while there are absolutely things about, you know, race and gender that we should discuss. I mean, one of the only movies I've reviewed on Diabolical was um, uh, the, the, oh God, what was it called? The Judas and the uh, Black Messiah. God, I, I, I always get that mixed up with Black Klansman, which is another great movie. But I, I want to say Judas and the Black Klansman, and it's not that. It's Judas and the Black Messiah, which is a great movie about, you know, about revolution and Marxism and the, the Black Panther movement and the FBI and, you know, well, <clears throat> structural racism and white supremacy. It's really interesting, and I think there's that's a great vehicle to talk about those things. Uh, but I think a lot of people who don't really have anything very interesting or compelling to say... They just think that if they say, ah, racism, then they're saying something worthwhile, and they're not. 90% of the time, they're really not. Um, these are sort of juvenile takes on subjects that they don't have a very good grasp on. And then when you see the nature and the character of these people who are supposedly standing up for social justice, who make, you know, who insult you based on your appearance, or um, who just talk about people behind their back or instruct their followers to harass them, or spread smears and lies about people, you wonder, are these people really promoting social justice? Something's amiss here. Something's not right. These are not the people I want entrusted with the with the project of social justice and equality. It seems like that would be a mistake. And the less power these people have, the better. Um, and really, this is an issue of power. They want power and status. They want to present themselves as the arbiters of truth and justice. But they have no regard for either of those things. It does those. They they don't. If if they had any regard for truth and justice, 
then when Chris Avalon came out with his side of the story, they would listen to it. Just like Chris Avalon said, people should listen to his accusers. I mean, he goes to great length to say he doesn't want to shut people down, and you still see people online saying he wants to shut people down. Look, if you're accused of something, whether it's true or false, you have a right to defense. That's all there is to it. That's part of our justice system. That's part of what protects innocent people from from fraudulent claims. And, and, and it's also the same system that hopefully puts guilty people behind bars. Um, so... Anyways, I don't even know what my overarching point here is. I just wanted to chat for a few minutes about um, this sort of, I don't know, this sort of mentality and driving force behind a lot of the gaming press, which I've seen since, you know, since long ago when, when I was attacked very similarly over linking to an emulator for a game that never had released. And a bunch of people went after me and tried to get me canceled, tried to get me fired. Uh, that was the when I said, say it to my face, Ben, about Ben Cuchero, who was talking mad shit. <laughs> and then there was Gamergate, when I tried to cover it as neutrally as possible and talk about its consumer movement roots. Um, and, you know, it just seemed like everybody in the gaming press wanted to just throw as much fuel on that fire as possible. And we still have it today. All these people bringing up Gamergate, like, it happened seven years ago. Let it go. Uh, but, you know, it's great to have Boogeyman. 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 Whatever. Anyways, that's all I'm going to say. Please like and subscribe. Check out my Diabolical Substack if you like, you know, coverage of this kind of thing. I know it's kind of inside baseball, whatever. Um, I also have a Substack called Fantastical where I'm just going to review movies and, and games and stuff and just keep it light and breezy because uh, sometimes you want to dig into this politics shit and sometimes you just want to have fun. So, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being open-minded. And even if you disagree with some of my takes, that's cool. If you, if you disagree with some of my stuff about diversity, for, which I, it's always about forced diversity, right? If you disagree with me on free, freedom of speech or expression, or if you disagree with my take on, you know, and of any of these things, I'm still willing to talk to you about that. We don't have to yell at each other. We don't have to talk shit and, and, and do this schoolyard bullshit. We can actually engage like human beings, and, and, and I really appreciate it when people do. I don't care if you agree with me or not, as long as you can be civil about it and just, you know, be excellent to each other. And party on. Peace.